was not his type. He says that that was not the woman <laughs> that he was looking for at the time. But also, like, I don't think he's told the truth about everything. <laughs> you, know, you know, I mean, I think he tried to tell the truth one time and they were like, Barnes and Noble was like, we can't publish this. This is not going to make us look good. They got the they got the clicks from it, though. I think that helped. I've had a whirlwind of a fucking week, Peter, and I don't really know where it's going to start or begin, but I feel like I'm going to talk a lot today. So you drink this tea. I think what a beautiful morning. We're warming up a little bit in Atlanta, but I still woke up today. I don't think, I mean, I've probably made this apparent, but the dogs have to go out in the morning. And when I am home, AJ does not have to walk the dogs. That's the number one rule we have around the house. And that's because I did bring a second dog home that he now loves and respects and honors. And I think people are going to get to see a complete picture of the transformation of this young lad Bebop. Am I in there? Do I need to be closer? Get me up. This young lad Bebop, but I know these dogs have to go out in the morning. And I just wanted to remind everyone that when you're me and you had to, and we all have to do things. I get it. I'm not saying mine is harder than anyone's, but for Seven years or more, I had to be at work ready for dispatch of my crew at 7 a.m. I had to be at work. And 6 a.m. hours for me, not the time when I'm going to be making the best decisions. Eating a lot of uh, honey butter biscuits at the Whataburger. Can't blame me. Makes for a great catering dish. If you get a lot of the, the Bob's breakfast on a bun, get the Bob's, get the sausage biscuits. They don't even want the bacon. You would have thought like bacon, that's a more luxurious meat. Now these dudes want a full patty of sausage. I don't want slivers of meat. I want a real bit of sausage meat put in my mouth, but I would eat a lot of honey butter biscuits and I would make it to work, but it was part of what kind of led me to going, I can't keep giving my life to someone else if it's going to be like this. So now I try not to get triggered by these things. I try not to get triggered by the morning time activities that are required and for the past few weeks when I've been home, my sleeping schedule has been so normy, and I love it. It's the most normy sleeping schedule. AJ went out, you know, the day after his birthday, and we'll get into that. But usually, if I'm not wrestling, if I'm not required to be out, if I'm not, you know, kept at a show for a long time, uh, I have found that, you know, it's okay for me to sleep from 11 p.m. to about 10 in the morning, except for the dogs. So needless to say... I do not like mornings, but these dogs have to go out. They have to go out every morning. And to my uh, newly minted fiance, I want to give him as much pleasure as I can by not having to take these dogs out, but I do not want to go outside in the cold more than anything. And these dogs have to go to the bathroom, and it's not their fault that they haven't figured out the American toilet. Most adult men, we're still figuring it out, you know, and there's all different kinds. They flush, they don't, it's automatic. But these dogs do what we all should be doing, which is they just shit outside and it's very cold. And what I'm getting at is I've learned something this winter. As winter draws to an end, hopefully, hopefully winter is rearing back. We don't know. I know the groundhog was freaking out, so we might have a little longer. But the fact remains that I have figured out I do not like the cold. Big surprise. But I like the, the person I am after I've been cold. I'm much more uh, understanding of the harshness out there in this world of the deep winter, of the icy snow peaks that are slippery to the foot, that we have trouble as humans traversing, yet the dogs seemingly have no, no issue. 
But after I have been cold and felt cold and acknowledged the cold and entered back into a heated room, it's like the world has shifted a little bit and the coffee's warmer and my skin is starting to fill with blood and I'm feeling like there is a, uh, a reward to this suffering, although I wish that I didn't have to ever experience it again. I think I've had enough winter. A lot of people, you know, they might have this realization when they were 70 or 80, but Peter, I've seen it. And as I've, uh, interestingly enough, been finishing up this life of, um, I think what, what we have to look at is once the novelty is not there of things, how do we appreciate them? Once we have experienced them time and time again, how do we find joy in them? And this has been the first joy that I have found out of the cold and the winter dwells. And I understand why people in cities that are very cold... Uh, excluding some, I mean, there's, listen, it's give or take, but a lot of places that are cold, you find a deep friendliness in the people. And I'm sorry that you had to get nice by being fucking frigid all the time, but I'm glad that you have found the appreciation of joy and of others. I don't like being cold. I will never choose being cold. I will always choose being hot, but I've now understood that there is love to the suffering of going in the cold. You wouldn't do it on purpose, even if you lived there all the time, unless you're doing a TikTok. A lot of people like jumping in the, the Antarctic circle. <laughs> this is Weekend at Effie's. It's a podcast, usually about what I, Effie, do out on the road as a pro wrestler without any backing or corporate sponsorship. Uh, making my road life, and I come and I process a lot of that complicated, weird information with someone who's completely outside the business, someone who isn't uh, fully invested in the world of wrestling, complete and financially and physically, and now not emotionally for me. I'm emotionally like what I do as a job, but it's 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 the big dream job. It's magic. But emotionally, I put a ring on that finger this week, Peter. And I'm so glad to share this journey with you as friends, as co-hosts, as human beings. And last week we got to have the magical moment of going on a, a group field trip <laughs> together yes. to the uh, ancient magical museum of puppetry. And yet, and yet... All the feedback from last week's episode has not been about our field trip and our interesting takes on puppets, except for Ole Manser, who quoted the tweet yes. that I quoted, which is, puppets are made, not born. Well, you know what else is made and not born? Motherfucking legends. Legendary icons are made, not born. And thank you to every one of you that listens, that supports, that follows this journey along with me on Weekend at Effie's. We will continue. There's a deep spark in my heart that is erupting in ways that are causing me deep thoughts and uh, uh, giving complicated answers to things that should be simple. As I say to a lot of people, it's just fucking pro wrestling. But truly, it's a lot more than that. And I think we all find that. Miss Lucifer's getting a little wild today, and I love it. Hi, darling. We're in a mood over here. I Listen, vibe the mood today. My mouth is running. I've got a lot to talk about. I don't want to spoil... The problem is I don't want to spoil everything. I'm a person who sort of just speaks through what I'm going through and speaks through my life. But I also want to leave a little content to this sort of uh, little documentary being made. Uh, but... We're getting married officially. Now, AJ has said to everyone, he goes, it's so heteronormative. 
to want people to congratulate you on an engagement. And I said, can you just let them celebrate? And I realized that was growth for me as a person because I said the same thing about my birthday years ago. We've talked about it on the show. I didn't want anything to do with my fucking birthday because it, to me, celebrating the passage of time, uh, the only thing you're really celebrating is survival and it's not a common thing. But other people had so much joy in celebrating, you know, a simple thing like a birthday that once I let them celebrate it and embrace that joy open heartedly, I kind of found that, you know, there's a little joy to a birthday and it's more fun to celebrate other people's birthdays. But don't don't put pressure on anyone else's birthday. But with this engagement, he sort of gave me that same thing of, you know, oh, it's this, it's this. But then he got a little tipsy and he started bragging about the jewels, darling. And I knew I made the right move. Now, he had told me at one point, he was like, you can... Listen, we got a lot of stuff we're spending money on, saving money on, putting money towards. You can just get the white gold, all right? Now, normally I would just listen to what he says, but I said, no, no, honey. And I got him the platinum ring. And some would say, uh, some would say that you would get a beautiful little love inscription or maybe my initials inside of the ring. But no, no, no. I said, what if things don't work out with us, baby? I got your initials inside of the ring. So his initials are in the ring. We are not changing our names. I believe the plan now, if it is financially feasible, is going to be having three weddings. How housewives of us, right, Peter? Wow. Have we discussed this? Mm-hmm. Here's the three weddings, and I will do them in terms of... Well, they're not in terms of anything other than size and volume. The first wedding is us going to the courthouse so that we don't have to worry about as much of our taxes getting fucked up next year. The second wedding is for friends and family at a beautiful locale uh, to be determined. And the third wedding is convincing him that it's time to do the hot tag of all hot tags and have Effie and AJ's big gay wedding and sell some fucking tickets and get him in the ring in some boots and spandex like I know he could handle and have him just put the boots to a motherfucker. Maybe he ends up putting me through a table, Peter. Maybe he sends me on a, a one-way trip to to the, the underground, you know? And if that's what comes of it, that's what comes of it. I can handle anything, you know? Let's have the big gay wedding as a as a show, I won't even say a wrestling show, Peter. Can literally everyone wear wedding dresses? Everyone can wear whatever they want. There's no rules. No, everyone should wear wedding dresses. Yeah, yeah, we should all wear. And we're inviting Guy Fieri. Now he he uh, got a hundred gay couples married at once. Guy Fieri holds that world record for the most gays married at a time. He said, "Welcome to Flavor Town. There's donkey sauce on the way out." Does everybody say I do? And they said, hell yeah, Guy Fieri. And boom, you're in the world records. Now, I didn't realize the world records was kind of a corporate affair. Like, it's a corporate fucking thing. It's a... Oh, like like the Guinness world records? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got to... I think it's a pay-to-play kind of operation. I think you've got to put yourself in the position of uh, giving up a little bit of that PR money to get what you want in the Guinness world records. But I will say... The discussion on last week's podcast was all about the grave robber beans. And now I'm not saying you have to take this challenge, Peter. That's not, I don't want to force anyone into this position. But we have learned more. And what a delight, honestly. There's no better outcome for me than hearing from grave robber that not only are they not uh, 
anything like Guar. They're horror punk. They are not uh, power Such a metal. Difference. There's a big difference. That was really the 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 talking point was we are not like Guar, even though we have chugging guitars and our songs go whoa. Now I will say, to all credit to Grave Robber, the song "I Want to Kill You" over and over again is straight up a banger. Have you heard this song? No, dude. I'm. I don't give a fuck. We're on our own time here. I don't know how this relates to Jesus. Well, someone posted something about them having a song that was pro-witch trials, which is insane. <laughs> what a take. I just want to say that if you are pro-witch trials or pro-J.K. Rowling's new podcast, The Witch Trials of J.K. Rowling. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, she has a new podcast called The Witch Trials of J.K. Rowling. are you serious? It is... It is so disgusting to me. Oh my god! Uh, grave robber, hold up. Here we go. Just, just. Rem- oh my god! This is an anthem. Just turns out I got a new favorite band, Peter, and it's motherfucking Grave Robber from the seminal album. Now we're gonna. I'm joining Grave Robber. Is the next okay. step in this. This album is, this is Be Afraid. Wait for this chorus to hit, and you'll be like, dog, I never knew. Oh, he's got a little pre-chorus here. The Fallout Boy technique. I think Lucifer likes Grave Robber. Can you put up devil horns for Grave Robber? What? I want to hear the Dolly Parton version of this song, dude. Maybe he's talking about the Old Testament God (laughs) who kept sort of throwing it in the trash like a Looney Tunes cartoon. Tell me that doesn't hit. It's about to go into the goblin portion of that song. Uh, But yes, I learned a lot about Grave Robber, and we learned that the girl who slurped up all the Grave Robber beans... It was a work. She was a plant, as was claimed by the band. Allegedly, this girl had gone up to the band earlier in the night and said, me don't got no monies. And they said, well, if you want to do this, you're going to earn it in the fucking pit. In this pit, we just slurp beans. And so he said, if you can eat a can of beans on stage, we'll give you a shirt. Which really, like, I want to say this is a work. Like, this is kayfabe. This is deep. But she wasn't, like touring with them as the beans girl they were like guys you know this is the part of the show that sticks with them you know this is the only part of the show they're going to remember is when i get up there and i'm your bean girl and i tour with you which would have made sense why they had you know a couple fans there if they had a touring bean girl no she was there for just that night the band couldn't believe that anyone remembered this much less acclaimed lgbtq pro wrestling icon effie uh and then recited it here to a global audience Thank you for listening. Thank you for finding things out. It feels like we're a part of a, a mystery podcast where we get to discuss the things that are mysterious to us, and then they present themselves as answers to our spirits. Have you seen the numbers on the TikTok? Nope. It's, it's up to 87,000. A lot of Grave Robber fans out there, <laughs> even more Bean fans. Like, like I saw on Facebook, I can't stop thinking about those beans. Now... What I'm getting to is I attempted the bean challenge kind of out of nowhere. Like, I didn't prepare for the bean challenge. 
I said, you know what? I'm on stream right now on Twitch. We're playing WarioWare and we're playing Wheel of Fortune. These are not high risk games for me to play. Like I'm not nervous in my seat. And I said, you know what? If we get to a weird Sunday night hype train in the middle of this Rihanna performance, I'm going to eat a full can of beans, just like the grave robber girl. And I'm going to time it because I don't know how fast you can eat a can of beans. And I ate those that full can of beans in two minutes flat. I went back and watched the video and then I proceeded to vape to make sure I was within the two minute and 20 second timeline it's a lot of beans, Peter, and it's a lot more chewing than I thought. Now, acclaimed uh, competitive eater and professional wrestler Megabyte Ronnie, I tagged him in it and said, hey, man, I bet you could do this in a minute, to which he then responded with a video of him eating a can of beans, Peter, in one minute. Wow. It's disgusting. I don't think he chews the beans, though. I chewed the beans. I scooped the beans in with a spoon. I, those, these videos are so hard to watch. It's so many beans, volume-wise. And I've asked Megabyte Ronnie this before. Hey, this this eating game, because personally, I can. it only takes me about seven minutes to eat a full pie. All right? Do we want to test that? Maybe possibly down the line, but not right now. I think I could be a great competitive eater, Peter. You've seen me scarf food down. Just yeah. a regular meal, I'll take down two entrees and a dessert. And... I have to work harder in the gym because of that. But I said to this man, I said, is a lot of this competitive eating getting as much down before your body knows what's going on? Which sounds like a crazy thing to say. To go like, hey, before my body figures out I'm doing something really bad, how much of this do you think I can get down? Yeah. And he goes, no, that's most of the technique. Because it takes about 20 minutes for your brain to make that recognition that things are a little too full. There's a little too much going on here. But in that time span... Like they, what is it? How long is it for the Nathan's dogs? 10 minutes or something? Uh, In that time span, your body doesn't know. And uh, beyond that, I mean, yes, they do a lot of different training. You've got to be ready to be full. Your body has to be a little used to it. Uh, You've got to chug gallons of water. But I think, you know, this is something that after I can't wrestle anymore, I hope I'll still be able to eat and tell stories around the campfire about my eating. Uh, Peter, did did you enjoy the whale as much as I did? I loved it. I thought it was a damn near perfect film. Yeah, I agree. It felt like it could have been a play, which it is a play. But, you know, sometimes you watch films not knowing that and you go, feels like this could have been a play. But it didn't feel unlike a film. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. It didn't feel like a filmed play, but it felt like a film that could have been turned into a play, even though it was a play first. I think only Aronofsky could have pulled that off. Very likely. I don't think Steven Soderbergh would have done great with it. No. And I don't think Michael Bay would have chosen the same ending. But I think what's fascinating is people were deeply offended by this title and deeply offended by kind of they thought it was, you know, calling him this name. But really, this is a this is a five character. We are all flawed piece and not just a focus on Brendan Fraser, even though he's at the center of where all the action happens, you know, by requirement. His character sort of brings everyone together. We can get deeper into that later, but I am excited to share that for our Patreon, we have teamed up with Movie John. If you're not familiar with Movie John, uh, that's J-A-W-N. Sorry to Philadelphia. I was texting Jimmy Lloyd and Jordan Oliver, wishing them the most luck. Not because I like the Eagles, but because I want my friends to be in a decent mood and I don't watch sports. So I feel like, you know, just sending the positives. It didn't work. Uh, Philly did not win. Uh, But John, like Philly John, Movie John is helping us bring a whole new interactive adventure to our Patreon subscribers. You can get there by going to weekendatfes.com or 
patreon.com slash weekend at Effie's if you're old school. Uh, y'all chose this film that we're going to be discussing this week on the minisode, uh, The Wolf of Snow Hollow. And I had no idea going in. You're and smiling. I, I just, he's so bad at his job. It's so wonderful. I love, we're going to get into all of that. And my favorite thing in movies is someone who excels at their job or is just a real piece of shit. And this is a real piece of shit. Listen, they, they get to the bottom of the mystery. We learned a lot. <laughs> do, do they though? I went back and rewatched it last night and I was like, oh my God, this whole thing is just like, it's not there. It's, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. I love this. I'm <laughs> I'm stoned on real weed for the first time in a while, so I feel pretty magic. Uh, I do want to apologize to my friends and family since I don't talk to any of them. I'll call you soon. I know it's weird to en- get engaged to someone to have no pictures of the couple, to have <laughs> to have uh, no real plan of when the actual wedding will occur, or to contact you in any way. But that's the way I roll, honey, and. Uh, I love you all, but my schedule is public, so just find me. <laughs> I usually answer if you call. Uh, what a celebration. I've gotten a lot of congratulations, though, Peter. And uh, someone reminded me last night, actually, the wife of a wrestler said, where's your wedding registry? And I said, I don't think we get one of those. As if there were some rule against me having a wedding registry because I didn't have like a real wedding set up. No, Put one of those together. But then I also like had this discussion with AJ and he goes like, we don't need any more shit. We need to get ready to move again. And I'm going, we could get rid of some shit and get some other shit. Or if there's some shit that we haven't gotten before, what if it makes us feel less like shit? It won't. That's a, that's a deep joke. Okay. You need to let people give you gifts for your wedding. Well, you're probably correct, and I think people would be excited to partake. And it's not just me asking for a handout here, you know. We no, are... it's it, getting gifts is not about being given anything. It's about the other person getting to do them appreciating you and it. show love. Yeah, previously in my life, I've actually had to have multiple sit down conversations with people about how they are welcome to continue appreciating me, but I won't be meeting that expectation in return necessarily. And it sounds like you can't not sound like a dick going to someone and going, right. Hey, real quick. I love, this is great. I love it. I will never reciprocate any of this. So if that is any of your intention, I'm not saying it is, but if there's sort of even an inkling or a sparkle inside of you that I have the capacity, uh, and, and, uh, mental clarity to give this back to you, I'm sorry. It's like my dad said when I said I probably wasn't going to have any kids. You're selfish, aren't you? And I said, yeah, but I'm working on it. You know, I'm sorry I haven't reciprocated gifts to those. Now, I've tried to do better because my my now fiance has said to me, if you don't give people gifts, no one will come to your funeral. To which I said, well, what if, but I'm dead. And he goes, that's not the point. I'll have to be there. And I'd like to get some warm regards. I, I like that he's already decided that you're dying first. <laughs> Look at me. Come on. Are you kidding me? The poor guy. He said, I got a life insurance policy out on you. And I said, it took you this long to do it? My goodness. We're domestic partners, though. And I think that was part of why he was like, well, you know. Is, is it that much of a change? I'm making it that much of a change. And you know what I did uh, yesterday? I swept without being asked. Oh, wow. Come on, pal. <coughs> I'm moving in the right direction. We're moving in the right direction. We're hitting our stride here. Uh, he was on episode 69 of this podcast. We've now entered into 71, which means I'm pretty sure we're going to hit a hundred episodes 
right on time. That's all I'm going to say. I think it's going to be right on time. I have a feeling that this is going in great directions. And uh, you know what this little break has taught me also, Peter, that I am a celebrator of art and expression in its fullest experience. And I've chosen to mainly focus my talents uh, in South Beach. I'm joining the Miami Heat. Uh, I will be taking them to win another championship. Is that football? That is, it's the one with the, it used to be like a peach basket and you wore oh, your. Oh, it's the Nets? The Nets. Where it goes the, through the hoop. I Let me tell you this, dribble, also the name of a WarioWare boss <laughs> and not just something you do dribble. with a ball. Yeah, they dribble it. Mm. Sometimes I get a little dribble in the but corner of my mouth. But don't they do fancy dribble tricks and they're not really dribbling the whole time? That's the Harlem Globetrotters and that's oh. one of the only other forms of sports entertainment on the face of this earth. Did you know that? They, um, did you know that I saw them in Kenya when I was a kid? So you've actually seen sports entertainment yeah. before you ever knew a pro wrestler. Yes. This is incredible. Did they play against a team or just do a demonstration? It was just tricks. Yes. So a lot and of I times that's will, what basketball was for a really long time was just tricks. It would be way cooler if it was. It would be. Sorry. Ever since Shaq retired, there's just not enough interesting stuff happening besides having good fundamentals and strong gameplay. And that, to me, that's not why I'm here. That's why I watch pro wrestling. I usually joke to people. I say, listen, if I'm going to watch sports, it's got to have a predetermined finish. So it's going to be pro wrestling, the Super Bowl, or the World Cup, and I really can't stand with what's going on in Qatar. So it's down to the Super Bowl and wrestling, the sports with a fixed finish. Porn fits in that. There's a fixed finish Porn, porn. is the closest thing to sports entertainment possible, and I think sometimes I've heard... Demon of chaos today. Sometimes you hear that, you know, strippers can feel the economy collapsing first or or sex workers, dancers, sex workers of all kinds can feel the uh, the start of the economy falling apart because these are, you know, these are high spend items. These are uh, luxury spend items. These are outside of rent and food and child support that you have to handle and pay. And so they would feel it first, but I think pro wrestlers are in the same category. And I also rent my body out by the hour. You know, you can fly me in to, uh, have a little one-on-one two-on-two. You can just watch, uh, you can sell tickets. It's, uh, it feels sometimes like, you know, we're in the same industry. We are selling our body, renting our time and, uh, uh, more overarchingly we're faking it. Uh, which, you know, some people wouldn't like to hear that. Um, what were we saying, Peter? I don't know. Um, we were talking about beans earlier, and I wanted to shout out the human being who's responsible for the bean story in a weird way, Rev Clark Feldman. Yes, Rev Clark Feldman. Are you just shouting him out? Do you want to yeah, hear? Yeah, do you yeah. want to? I'm so I high right now, Peter. Plug. Oh, oh, I love this. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> oh yeah, let's go. Okay, first I have to tell you this. All right. This is a real Ruff Clark Feldman story, and it's one of my favorite human experiences, not just wrestling experiences ever. Now, there was a time where we were driving from one show to another show, and uh, he had provided his car, but at the moment, everyone in the car was pretty sleepy except for Effie. Now, I've since learned to sleep. It's fantastic. When Ricky Morton once told me, I didn't sleep for 35 years, Effie, I, I thought about that long and hard, and I said, let me not go that long. Let me take a nap. Now... Uh, We're driving in this car through the beautiful Midwest of America, and as you can imagine, the cops out there are fucking lazy pieces of shit. And so because of that, I didn't know. They have radar detectors that can write you tickets, and I'm sure I could have argued it, but uh, it wasn't argued at the time. And later at a date, 
we were at a freelance show, and the lovely Ruff Clark Feldman was on this show as well, and he came up to me, and he said, hey, man, I got you know kind of a tough thing to talk to you about. And I said, what is it? And he said, you were driving my car, and you got a speeding ticket in Iowa. And I said, oh, shit. And he said, could you at least like you know split it with me or something? And I was like, no way. I was like, 100%, I'm paying the speeding ticket. I'm so sorry you had to deal with this. If I had known anything sooner, I would have hired an attorney. I'm not hiring any more attorneys ever in my life. The next attorney I hire will be me, because I'm going to get so mad coming up that I'm going to go to law school. I swear to God, Peter, I swear to God, I'm on the cusp of, of just, it doesn't matter. Back to the story. The honor and the courage to come up to international wrestling icon Effie and say, there are consequences for your reckless actions, and I don't want to have to be a part of them, was, I have so much honor and respect. I look at him as a true friend. I'm not going to throw out his shoot name here, but Ruff Clark Feldman is not only one of the greatest people to be around, but is also on Twitch and also a streamer. And I want to put him over. I want to give him all my love. Uh, his YouTube hit a big goal recently, the Ref Clark Feldman YouTube. So I'm going to plug the other things here. Twitch.tv slash Ref... I'm still using my human skin. I sent you a meme the other day that said, uh, it was yesterday that was the aliens were here. And he goes, aren't you shocked? And the guy goes, I don't know, man. I just got a lot going on right now. And I think we both felt that truly. And sometimes my lizard skin... It's difficult. You know they dropped the Epstein files today? Wait, what? It's fucking insane. It's 2,000 pages. Starting on page 646, they start naming everyone. Oh, my God. You won't believe who's on this list. Oh, my God. Prince Andrew, 100% on this list. Many times. Deny it all you want, queen. Be glad you're dead before they came out, because you look like a dumb bitch. I'll say it right here. The queen of England, a dumb, either a dumb bitch, or she was helping her pedophile son. Get out of here. Yeah. I'm not watching The Crown Season 5 where it's just Prince Andrew's island vacations. Get out of my fucking life, you fucking losers. Charles got in there and he was like, make sure you show him the door, darling. Right? Like, that's how he... Yeah. I still think back to my mom saying, don't bring me no Charles money back. Give me the queen money because I don't want his ugly head on there. And I'm going, woo! Woo! Okay. Referee Clark Feldman. You can find him at twitch.tv slash referee Clark or on TikTok at referee Clark. They're both referee Clark. You don't even have to worry about the Feldman. Now, he is also on an indigenous stream team called Four Directions Team. You can find them at Four Directions Team, at Four Directions Team. And they recently got to do a front page feature on Twitch, which is incredible because they are turning that uh, influence, they are turning that distribution, they are turning those eyes on them into charity that is going back to help indigenous people. I know this is a cause that is close to referee Clark Feldman's heart, and I know that he is indigenous as well, and that uh, having cool opportunities for people like this from communities to share their world that may be overlooked, I think that's beautiful. And I'm happy to call Ref Clark Feldman a friend, and I'm happy that he asked the question about the grave robber beans to begin with. Our presenting sponsor this week are grave robber beans. Mmm. <laughs> So good, you'll come back to life and save everyone from damnation. Right? Yeah. Reanimator is the song, dude. Everyone debating about types of metal genres, chill the fuck out. Hey, yeah, let me just say this. The more you debate about different genres of metal, the more I'm going to point out, but they both got a guitar, don't they? Son, you can call this whatever subgenre you want, but to me, it sounds like a woodcutter, all right? I don't need to hear any more. You ever heard of Skinner? Tuesday's Gone with the Wind. Uh, 
I went outside my regular boundaries and I think it's helped me. I didn't realize how deeply antisocial I had become, Peter. And also how much energy I gather from being in and you know, not all of them, but being in some social situations. Being in particular social situations. And so uh we actually spent Saturday having a little get together. But before that, I even there was multiple get-togethers. What did I say? <laughs> okay, I figured out where I was going with this, Peter. I I got a little antisocial towards the end of the year, and it's mostly because I had been just like drained of my human essence. Yeah, and I had hit a wall. Which, when you talk to normal people, they go, "Yeah, you fucking think so? <laughs> you fucking." What? Yeah, of course. And so as I've kind of gone into my weird hibernation and self-reflection time, and you know me, baby, check the check the planets. I'm not a big reflector. I'm not big on living in the past, but I need these moments to kind of reflect and figure out what I'm doing. And so, you know, AJ is a social butterfly. It's part of why I love him so much. Uh, he's, like I said, the only person who, if you go to a party, he's more over than me. And it's awesome, and it's sickening, and he just can command a room better than I could ever imagine. If he decided to be a wrestler, I'd be out of a job. But he said, we're going to do a small dinner Friday night, and then we're going to go home. And then uh, Saturday, we're going to have a little get-together. And I know you had to work, Peter, but we missed you deeply. But that's okay, because Friday night, we went and got these tacos, and I knew where we were going with it. Because once we finished eating taco dinner... We went to this bar and the shots were flying already and we all hung out and it was a grand time, but I stayed out until midnight, Peter, hanging out with people at a bar. This is for me, it felt like a big outside of character thing. And then I remembered, um, as a, as a alcoholic, I actually have spent a lot of time socializing in bars and it's pretty fun and I now can enjoy it without even feeling like I need to drink anything. I will say I got up because my vape pen had, had run out and I was like, I'll be right back. And I just left the bar, walked into a vape store, got another cartridge and went back and was like, I'm going to have my little, my little relaxation over here. But I stayed out and did social things at a bar. The next day we went to this little get together for people and you know, AJ has this thing where he will, you know, plan events and it's not any anybody's fault, but usually you got to plan for about half the people at the event that you expect. And that's sort of where we were. But what a joyous occasion to have because we got to split all the cupcakes. We got to play bar games. We got rowdy. I really like how to go back to college and be social weekend with my new fiance. And I haven't told you about the proposal yet. Down to the nitty gritty. I'm dying to hear what happened. So Friday morning, we went on a really romantic hike up to a beautiful trail. Uh, and I think, I, I don't remember the name of the park, but it's right on a river and there's flowing water and the dogs love it. We had both dogs out there. Is it Sweetwater? It was Sweetwater. How did you know this? Because we tagged it's it. It's my favorite. Pl- it's- oh, it's what a miracle. Yeah. What a place. And so we had the dogs out there and, you know, the weather is perfect. We got a light jacket on and the dogs are playing in the water. Bebop's having a good time. They're getting a little messy and we're enjoying yeah. nature. That's not where I proposed. <laughs> where I proposed was he got off work Thursday and he goes, where's my presents? And I said, what? He said, it's like Christmas Eve. You get one present. Now, at this point, the other gift I've already given him, uh, another gift on top of that I had given him. 
I tried to surprise him with sunflowers and a cake to sort of mitigate things because he loves sunflowers. Bebop ate one of them. Uh, like I told you, I said, who ate these flowers? And he grabbed the stem out of my hand and continued eating it. He's trained, but not that trained. I don't need him that trained. Uh, but even upon these things, now I also learned this. You don't buy a Valentine's Day cake for someone's birthday that's near Valentine's Day. Yeah. But honestly, I just thought it was the cutest cake. It was pink and it had roses. And I was like, this cake is adorable. I forgot Valentine's Day was a thing. It's Valentine's Day today. Happy Valentine's, Peter. I don't know what it means as a holiday, but I did see a skeletal picture of St. Valentine's hand, and it was some weird shit. Shout out to the Catholics for just being the weirdest little witches, but trying to act like y'all are up to something different. Yeah. Deep witchcraft over there. Be Not that this will come out in time, but be careful on this Valentine's Day. Whoa, it's not going to be out in time. A forewarning. This is... <laughs> so I looked at the astrology of the day, and I was like, oh, blown out asshole. That's what this looks like. Well, you know, I'm hoping it's from the Cheesecake Factory and not anything else. Yeah. You know, I can handle that off the spicy Thai chicken and shrimp, but I don't need... You know, I don't need lasting effects from any lovemaking, if you're hinting at that in any sense. Either way, I learned about the cake. You don't do that. But he kept bugging me, and I said, okay, fine. Now, you see what I'm wearing right now, Peter. It's high fashion couture, and it's the spring collection from Lucid FC. But I wasn't planning on proposing in the outfit I was wearing, but it happened to be the taupe silver matching pattern of the same uh, pattern as this hoodie uh set so i really there's a picture of me from when i was a child wearing a matching set of shirt and shorts that's like bugs i'm sure a lot of kids had the matching shirt and shorts and i think that there's something kind of a, a silly irony to the universe that on the day i would propose to my future husband i would also be wearing a matching graphic set of sweat sweat shorts and and a t-shirt I think there's just something that like clicks it all together. And I think it's reminding me that that's my true form. My true form is a silly little boy in a matching graphic <laughs> costume. And so for him to, uh, and I had to kind of surprise him. I did put the cleaning kit for the jewelry in a gift bag and hand him that instead of the ring. And then I popped the ring to him. And thank God I had gotten a, a haircut earlier that morning. And Peter, when I left last week, I was on the way to get a haircut. Yeah. Now, I want to talk to you about this, and I don't know if you'll have the answer. I got to the haircut place, and they were very busy. And they said, we do not have room for you today. But he was getting headshots at work the next day. He needed to get that haircut. So he went right. ahead and got his haircut. I came back the next morning on the day that I proposed. Okay, so you texted me. When did you get your haircut after I posted? Yeah. You know, sort of a before and after and I said, this morning, they couldn't get me in the day before. What's up? And I don't know if we discussed it any further, but was there something that was setting that off to you? It was, I mean, it's funny that you weren't able to get a haircut the day before. Because um, it's like, it wouldn't have made that much of a difference, but like, it would have been better to get it on the day that you got it. Wow. Yeah. All right, you got to fill me in on these secrets, but it worked itself out anyway. Well, next time that you're looking to get a haircut, I can tell you the best day to get a haircut. Peter, I'm never looking to get a haircut. Anytime I've ever adjusted the hair that is growing on my body, it has not been really by choice. I just, it, truthfully, I thought, I thought, is this it? Is this when I finally switch to being just Christ forever? 
and not like literally Christ, but like there's going to come a point in my life as an older gentleman with whatever hair I have left. And I'm going to have the worst ponytail you've ever seen inspired by the honky tonk man's worst ponytail I've ever seen. And I'm just going to let my facial hair grow until it's down to my knees like Rip Van Winkle. And then maybe I can wear my beard like a diaper and never have to fuck with fashion ever again because the fashion grows out of my body. Is that too much? What was the Robin Williams movie where he's basically Rip Van Winkle? Was that Jumanji? It was Jumanji, okay. yes. I was almost going to say Fisher King, but that's a little bit of a different Ooh. Rip Van Winkle. That's an interesting film. Uh, shout out to Robin Williams and his family and his lasting legacy. I read this week, though, that he took a very low payment to do Aladdin because he knew his kids would love it down the line. And so it was uh, about you know 5% of his regular fee. That's to do cute. Aladdin and be the genie and one of the most iconic voice roles yeah. ever done. Yes, yeah. you can tell it's Robin Williams, but there's so much flair and you know to know that that's a character that's so deeply inspired by the manic brain on cocaine, but then brought to being children's television. I think it just lets me know that down the line, uh, I think we're both going to be executive producers on one of the greatest kids television shows of all time. Are you into that? It is going to require... I'm super into that. Lucy is fighting me tooth and nail right Lucy's now. Lucy's having a big day, seat. and that's okay. I love her. If she wants to come sit with me, she can sit with me. But I think her chaos adds a little fun to this podcast. And I wouldn't want to do it without her here. She's really a, a blessing. And she's sometimes barked at me uh, knowingly when I'm telling important things. So if you hear her, it could be for a reason. She could be trying to make signifier marks in this podcast for later times. That will be important. Maybe she's already written a book for me and has chosen moments that I need to uh, express more thoughts on and dwell into deeper to find the true point. And all I have to do is go back and listen to the clues that she's left all along. (laughs) Wouldn't that be something? Uh, Speaking of dogs talking to you, after we went to the puppetry museum last week and recorded the podcast, and in my event before I did it, I read an article where Jim Henson had discussed uh, the use of psychedelics, and I was lamb. I was laying with a rotten brain after he said he tried it once. He tried to take acid once, and it didn't do anything to him, which. You mentioned another person, maybe, when we were discussing oh, yeah. this. Salvador Dali said the same thing. So you're telling me Salvador Dali and Jim Henson, creator of Muppets, they were already experiencing the effects of LSD all the time? Because that's the only other answer I have for that. What a marvelous brain to capture. Does it mean that they were able to almost as some sort of mutation like an X-Men understand the world on that psychedelic level without the assistance of God's secret chemicals? Or was there something else going on here? Well, the the real secret is is everything that you that happened the experience that you're having on LSD you can recreate on the natch. Everyone can. It's a human it's a human ability to be able to perceive all of that. So you're saying with years of sort of practice and meditative brain setting mm-hmm. you can sort of is that what buddhists are doing are they just yep. like we're They're gonna get high out. for free yeah is that a not a little selfish in itself or is there a bigger discovery there look uh, buddhism appears to be better than everyone lucy i am so i love serious. her i love her uh buddhism appears to just kind of float above everyone else a little bit they're just getting high but they figured out how to do it themselves and i think it's like this is what you know Sometimes things are bad and you have to think in a bad way, right? 
You just got to, like, sometimes it's just not good. And I think that if you're trying to trick your brain into being able to process all things as fine, then maybe you're a greedy little pig. You know, am I saying that the end goal of Buddhism is to be a greedy little pig? I don't know. I'm going to do further study. But I also think that like the real grand scale of anything, even outside of any thought process or religion, is to sort of just be able to take it as it comes and do the right thing, you know? Yeah. I do like smoking a little weed, though. That's... It's, it's so it's funny that you say that being a greedy because like am I the, having like a year two student pat on the head he's getting their moment because that's what I'm all about if, yeah, uh, yeah good um, we should be we should be uh, clawing at the the tears of it so on the, our own there's the idea that like so what you're trying to do is release release as much atta- attachment as possible and that helps you navigate the world a little bit easier because if you're not attached to things you're not suffering as much. Right, right. But I'm saying that you should embrace the suffering of attachment along with being able to float through it. Yes, that would be the healthy way to do it. Right. The unhealthy way to do it is how you become what's called a hungry ghost, which is the overblown ego portion that appears to be super spiritual minded, where you're basically using all the techniques of spirituality to bypass through reality. Instead yeah, of actually sitting with the feeling. oh oh, what was that spiritual ghost? What was it? what was the word you used? The hungry ghost. Hungry ghost. And there's a whole like if you become a hungry ghost, you go to the realm of the hungry ghost, which is like one of the dimensions that is accessible. Wow! Don't be a hungry ghost. Don't you know? be a hungry ghost. You don't even have a belly anymore. What are you gonna do? That You're was a sheet. I guess we're gonna talk about it on the minisode. The thing that really got me about the whale is I don't see any difference in my addictive tendencies and his addictive tendencies in that movie. It was, we, yeah, we got to get deeper into that. Uh, Aronofsky also, I mean, the wrestler is one of my favorite films, uh, obviously. And it's a cautionary tale in a sense. You're in movie, John. I know, I know. And okay. So I am in the new movie, John, with an article that also features selections from sunny kiss selections from RJ city. Now I am going to say this, uh, it was written with some comedic effect, and I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but it's a. Uh, I picked four Terry Funk movies and one Triple H film, and the reason I picked the Triple H film is because it was the first time I knew that I could probably kick Triple H's ass if I put my heart to it. So, issues are out now. It's a beautifully printed edition. Uh, they have, you know put this together and marvelously I hit my deadline. I felt like a real human being. They're like, I was like, when do you need this by? And they were like, nah, a couple days. I said, if I do it right now, I won't have to think about this again. And luckily not too many words, but I am, I'm a printed, uh, selections columnist in movie John. Now mm-hmm. what a legendary move for me. I got to redo my resume, you know, got a lot going on. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I, I feel like I had something else that I was going to say, but I don't know what it is, and I love that it's fine if I don't. I know we have a lot of questions this week. I know a lot of people are on the Patreon, and I know people are excited for me to get back into adventure explorer mode. But let me tell you, I've been exploring the human psyche and the nature of my relationships, and I am moving in a far better direction towards uh, being the best person I can be. And that will include being a performer, but it also includes the boundaries that I'm learning to set now and the magic of uh, embracing the compliments from your industry. 
you know? Yeah. I'm also, I have not smoked real marijuana <laughs> in so long, Peter, and it is marvelous. Um, real quick before we, are we, are we ready to transition over to questions? Yeah, I'm fine with it. Um, real quick, just want to talk about an event that we are doing Ooh, on yes. the 24th here in Atlanta. Um, it is, uh, I'm sure y'all have heard of everything that's been going on with the cop city that they're trying to build here. And uh, one of the protesters was murdered. Murdered. Shot uh, 18 they, times. New body cam footage came out from the cops, and it was obvious that a cop was responsible for starting it. Initiated. Yep. And are facing zero consequence. Yep. Are only facing expansion. This so, is a problem. Um, we're going to be showing uh, the protester that was murdered. We're going to be showing his favorite movie. Uh, it's going to be at the Little Five Points Community Center on the 24th, like, I believe. Oh, I have it here. And even if you're coming in for a little ways from Little Five Points, this is a beautiful part of town. This is a cool spot, and it's a very cool cause and a cool way to get involved. And if you do not live here but you want to help out, um, I'm going to be posting a link to the um, Atlanta Solidarity Fund, which is working on paying for the legal fees of everyone that's uh, in jail right now. Yeah, really a lot of arrests. I mean, obviously, a murder outshadows just being arrested, but these people are going to need legal funds down the line. We don't know where this is going. Uh, are you familiar with the film at all that you're showing, Peter? I'm not. This I, that is excites be me. totally new. It looks pretty wild. I think it's cool when the community comes together. I'm sorry I can't be there, but I will be at Sean Henderson Presents facing Connor Claxton in a death match in New Jersey. Uh, being as careful as possible, Peter. As careful as possible. I have to bleed a lot coming up. That makes sense. My blood will be spilled. They announced another match last night. And I'm like, nah, my blood will be spilled. Let it let it rain down. I don't know. I, th- I might have a weekend off of bleeding soon. Also, I just realized I'm going to Australia like real soon. And I keep forgetting. Uh, there's no further point to that. I just It's blowing my mind. It's in like three That's weeks. Incredible. Melbourne, Adelaide, Sydney, get ready because if he's bringing all the homosexual thunder back down under, even though the thunder from down under is not gay, he is, and he's coming to fight people. He's going to have brekkie and he's going to answer questions, and you can purchase a limited edition t shirt without a $48 shipping charge. The conversion rate is absolute dog shit for American dollars. It's almost impossible. But uh, now he's here, so you don't have to pay all the fees. It's a cheaper experience. Look at him. He's got he's got a lot of sweat on him. That's excellent. Thank you. That's excellent. I'm working on it. Impressed. I don't want to show up there and embarrass myself. I want to no. be able to communicate with the locals. And this is something, you know, back in 2019, I think I had a better grip on it. And I went down there as a pleasure trip and not just a... Oh, you've been there before. I've been there. I went there in oh, 2019 shit. for 10 days. My friend had moved down there. Uh, and this is before... That's right. This is, you know, we were kind of in the age of fascism, but this is before it got real dark and the train started blowing up. Uh he said, I can't trust that this is going to be okay in America. And he got dual citizenship. And so he was down there, and I said, I'm going. Let's go. Sometimes I'll just go on a little trip, Peter. Is it difficult to do that? Uh, I think when you're a very motivated homosexual businessman who handles things magically, my friend made it happen. But I don't think it's easy. He had also spent time living in Japan and also told me one of the funniest stories I've ever heard about uh, – 
a dinner he had on the DMZ where things got out of hand. Can you not talk about it? I don't know how much I'm allowed to share okay. or if I'm hitting all the major points because he told me this story one time about a date gone wrong at the DMZ and it stands to me as something he could make a few million dollars off of if he wrote the screenplay. Oh. Because it is, because, you know, there's just a lot of weird coincidences of how you end up, you know, between North and South Korea. Um, yeah. And... I think it was, I couldn't stop laughing. As much as the grave robber story, one day I hope that my good friend Robert will feel comfortable telling that story here. Uh, okay, we'll get to questions now. Okay, Effie. Yes. If you could have anyone alive officiate your wedding, who would it be? Didn't we just answer this one? It's Guy Fieri. He's the gay oh. icon. Oh, yes, we did. We did. We did. When I was in college and I was drinking a lot, I was a little more bloated than I am now. You know, and I had my hair blonde at the time. Did you know that you and Sam Smith share a moon sign? I'm so into it. I Their looks have been so... Anybody who's coming for Sam Smith looks, thanks for the views, bitch. Because I know that they are putting on a show, a spectacle, and God bless us out here from the LGBTQ community for going, no, bitch, eat it. And Sam Smith is giving eat it motherfucker. Mm. So I, I feel like that's what a beautiful I, alignment. I saw some of those photos pop up and I was like, moon and Sagittarius when looked it up. Moon and Sagittarius. AJ goes, um, I think the look is cute, but how are they going to get through a fucking door? And I was like, <laughs> I don't think where they're going. There's a lot of doors. I think it's, I'm thinking about a theater seat. If I've got to sit down in a yeah. theater seat in that, but it does seem like some of the outfits were a little inflatable, you but could, I love yeah, all you of just, it. You know, move some air out of those thighs. Oh yeah. You just do a little, which is really funny. Like the reason that I was like Sagittarius moon is Sagittarius rules your thighs. Yeah. Which is why I have some big old thighs weirdly enough. Okay. Here's my Sam Smith concept, okay? And this is for me, not for Sam Smith. Sorry, you cannot take this idea. Fashion, picture it. I'm over here cocky messaging uh, John from IWTV about how it's stupid. I'm not going to win an Emmy for this life of. And so here's me at the Emmys, okay? The costume, giant whoopee cushion that keeps reinflating. So every time I sit up and stand down... Just the hugest whoopee cushion fart comes out of me, the human living whoopee cushion. And the first time you crack up, like it's hilarious because I walk in, it's red carpet. I do the, what is it called? The stop and repeat. And I get all the pictures. Yeah. Here he is. It's Effie. It's the whoopee cushion, man. And I get inside. And the first time I sit down, it's the most hilarious thing they've ever seen. And everybody laughs. But then the next four awards I win where I keep having to get up and down, it's very annoying. Okay, but then, then the final awards announced and everybody stands up to clap and you hear that big fart go off because I sat down too soon. Yeah, it's funny again. Yeah, yeah. my whoopee cushion no, those costume. Those are the best jokes where they're funny, not funny. Yes. And then they're funny. It's again. just like in wrestling when they do the trick of guys hitting each other back and forth. It's like, oh, yeah. And then it's like, all right. And then all of a sudden you hear like the three guys who it's still real to going like. And then everybody's into it, and they're still just hitting each other back and forth. You've got to earn that come up on the roller coaster. Mm-hmm. You can't just get right to it. You've got to lead them through the swamps of Dagobah before they get to the other side. We're still on Dagobah, brother. Don't forget. We're getting out of there, though. I know. We're right on the cusp. Leave. The blasters are I'm on the cusp. I'm ready to leave, though. Do you feel it like this? Yeah. 
on the cusp of Dagobah. Frank Oz, Miss Piggy, Cookie Monster, and Yoga, Hot Yoga. Not Baby Yoga, Hot Yoga. Hot Yoga. You know? Oh, stretchy is the hamstring. It's terrible. I'm done. I'm, I'm cooked. What other questions do we have, Peter? <laughs> um, okay, this is uh, that one was from Ryan. This one's from Rick. Questions for you both. What, if any, patron Patreons do you subscribe to? This is so embarrassing. I subscribe to the Matt Cardona Patreon. What? <laughs> That's kind of big news. That's okay, hilarious. Listen, Matt Cardona has done a lot. The Major Figure Wrestling Podcast has done a lot for me. I don't Can need... I have one of those? Yo, yeah. I don't need to necessarily be subscribed to the Patreon. I know there are way more interesting Patreons out there to be subscribed to. I know there is far more interesting content. Uh, and I suggest giving them all your money. But yes, I am on my personal account subscribed to the Matt Cardona podcast. Any for you, my friend? Uh, I am subscribed to the Dog with a Mullet Yeah. Um, Shout out, Mag. And I am also subscribed to the Blank Check Patreon. Ah, yes. Uh, Blank my, Check with my, Griffin and David. My two favorite things, movies and music. So that, that That's beautiful. Mine. I know uh, that the Movie John Patreon features full frontal nudes of me. I'm just kidding. I'm trying to get people to subscribe to them. Though. Um, They're helping us out. I, and we love yeah, it. I need to do that one next. Um, the thing that I've realized is that running this patreon and because the patreon app kind of fucking sucks yep yep i don't have the ability to interact with any of the patreons that i am subscribed to because it's ours it's like a login log out situation where you need a desktop and And i don't i don't fuck with the logging in and the logging out and yeah there's too many logs why am i turning into bill cosby here for yeah i don't know we're gonna get you a pudding puff (laughs) i know i was thinking last night about punishment pudding and what that would look like and i'm ready to see what we're gonna what we're gonna do next i think it's more of a pudding gravy it would be a punishment pudding um, and then the second half of this question is where the fuck is your gift registry? Because we want to give you stuff. I will have, they didn't uh, say where the fuck I, where, I threw that. Where the fuck can I appreciate <laughs> you as a couple baby? Uh, we're going to put that up. It'll be beautiful. And it won't feature any plastics as our new, uh, movement as a couple together is to get rid of the plastics in our home. I've been told, <laughs> As I had Don't to carry, you love those decisions that are made where you're like, this is this thing that we're doing now, and you go, okay. I used to be like, no, I'm an independent free thinker, and now I'm like, this isn't the argument I'm choosing today. Yeah. I'm going to pick my argument yeah. later. Uh, I only say this also because AJ doesn't like going to the grocery store, and I do like going to the grocery store. We did a grocery thing yesterday where he put it in order, and I said, I'll go pick it up for you, baby. And he said, good. It's so easy. He picked paper bags, and it was a lot of groceries, and it took – I chose not to go to the – was that not for you, Peter? I chose not to go to the gym today because I – I thought I was a nicotine fiend. Those things are – really strong imagine putting in two at once and still going i could use a little more nicotine you this is because I've, I've i've been thinking about my relationship to like smoking and substances especially after seeing the whale i'm in I'm, i have a lot of earth in my chart i do have a bunch of fire but y'all air motherfuckers can just like i'm sorry i'm <laughs> slightly jealous i uh 
my 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 uh i believe he's a fellow gemini i i, I think that cleared everything how i don't feel i don't feel raspy anymore it clears you out it's oh like God. the wasabi of nicotine <laughs> spearmint zen pouches now these are only six milligram i like the eight milligram ones you can get from God, the other brand so many people that will come in on the weekends and be like, y'all got zen zen is magic now have you ever had the chilled uh uh it's the swedish uh what is it called Snus, not the camely one, but like a good Swedish snus. No, they refrigerate it, and you put these pouches what? in cold. And oh. it's nicotine. Yeah, it's like this, but it's like tobacco still, and you just give it a little suckle. That's crazy. We used to get rowdy on some snus. You got me four locos and snus. I, I'm having a night. I fully believe that everything that has happened in the past was necessary and had to happen. The only thing I would hop in a time machine, go back and change is like knock that first cigarette out of my mouth. I will say this though: think of all the foundational people that I've met because we both had this. I was literally thinking about the same thing. This link, the opportunities. Like, like, yeah, I like smoking weed, but I've met some really cool people smoking weed. I smoked weed. Do you know who POS is? Yeah. One time I was like, hey, POS, do you want to smoke weed? And he was like, yeah. And I ended up in one of the craziest weed circles I've ever been a part of. I saw POS open for, fuck, who was it? Some other rapper. I wonder if we were at similar shows. Was that it in was Atlanta? It was here, yeah. Yeah, it's probably likely we were both there, and I was back there smoking weed with POS. It's, it's wild what you get when you have a little uh, earthly flower on you. Now, I will be reporting back in uh, with a new segment, hopefully, called What's Going On in That Brain? And it's... I've started smoking mugwort again, uh, and I'm very excited to see where that takes my lucid dreaming. I've told you before, you know, the closest I've found to finding sort of my dream core was it's Six Flags, uh, the center of my dreams repeatedly where I can explore the most and have the most lucid thoughts and feelings is within a giant theme park. And it is uh, seemingly built after the Six Flags here in Atlanta. And I don't know if that's just from... Uh, moments growing up where that was a cool place to go and I went there you know more than I would go to a Disney World or anywhere else because we were living in Atlanta but Astronautilus 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 show at the masquerade Astronautilus had one album that I had on repeat for a while in college I feel like Um, what was like 2010 enough the number two song on the POS uh, Spotify Gravedigger no way! Let's go, grave robbers, grave diggers, and also, uh, I would venture to say that monster trucks, possibly sports entertainment. Yeah, yeah, because well, sometimes they do contests between the monster trucks to see who can get the best scores. But girl, you act like anybody's showing up there to have a contest. Yeah. Let me run this car a few times. Yeah. When we were in Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, the building we were at next door was having monster trucks. There was a monster truck parked outside of the wrestling show. And they were not at all a part of the same event. <laughs> These were separate entities, the monster truck and the wrestling show. And I said, if I could just drive in on that monster That's truck. That's so funny. I mean, according to Kate Blanchett, we're all listening to metal music <laughs> and going and seeing Gravedigger shows. Okay. Uh, did we? <laughs> did you see her quote this week about she just she isn't even sure Carol would be able to be made these days because she's not gay? She is Lydia Tarr. She, is she just Kate Blanchett Lydia is a straight Tarr? character that Lydia Tarr oh plays. Oh my god, she probably believes the last Kate half of that movie Blanchett was a dream. 
Well, she should believe that the last three minutes was a sign that art addiction is real, and sometimes you'll do anything it takes, even if you say you won't, to stay a part of that world. Just like when they used to do those autograph signings in The Wrestler. Lydia Tarr, you're Mickey Rourke. Damn. Except with pain pills and blood. The first time I ever saw that scene where Mickey Rourke puts his thumb to the deli slicer, I said, my God, I would never be able to do anything like that to get out of a social situation that's awkward. And like, I'm about to spend the next four weeks of my life bleeding out of my head. And it doesn't bother me a bit, does it? I don't know if I'd stick my thumb in yet. Once I realized I'd stick my thumb in, I think that's when you have to get out of there. Um, I need to pee real quick and then we'll... Yeah. This... Wow. The Zen changed my whole experience of... Nicotine? Everything. Oh, yeah. It just kind of like gave you the... Yeah, that was like the... I, I told you, bro. If I'm taking these dogs out, I'm sticking a Zen full, in in the morning. Like... Still feeling sick under the weather, energy issues related stuff. There's other things happening too. Uh, I slept through everything. It's okay today, <laughs> and I woke up to a text from Taylor saying, "Not to alarm you, but I'm outside. <laughs> I'm at your home. I'm here." And I've been pulling it together over the course of this podcast. So if I've all of a sudden come to life, that is why. I, I, the, the I am, power of Zen. The, <laughs> you know, the Buddhists are trying to reach a state of Zen, but I got it right here. I got a couple of these pouches left, and I feel pretty good afterwards. I'm a lot nicer to my stepson, that dumb motherfucker. Uh, thank you. I don't, I don't know why I'm thanking everyone, but uh, all the my phone blowing up as soon as you posted that proposal photo of you in the shirt. My shirt. Really funny. It's beautiful. Congratulations, love. Yeah, people found out here on the podcast first. And really, by the time it came out Friday morning, I think he had already... Let's be honest. I think he already found the ring. Explain what happened. Oh, I didn't? No. Okay, so I'm pretty sure... Well, yeah, so I'm wearing my... Okay, hold on. Lucy, you come here with me. Hello. It's okay. You're an angel. <clears throat> well, he was just, he was like, let me get my presents. Let me have my presents. Yeah. And I'm going, if that's what you really want, I only got one present at the house right now because everything is delayed and everything is backed up in the, uh, what do they keep saying? The, the supply chain. The supply chain. The supply chain. Stop blowing up trains, you dumb motherfuckers. Did nobody see the HBO special Chernobyl? They're, do they're redoing Chernobyl over here and I'm sick of it. Are you talking about the Ohio thing? Yeah, the giant black plume and of then, acid rain. I know this is like very low on the list of people's priorities of like stuff to worry about. And I'm not trying to like give anyone more of something to worry about. What the fuck was up with that alien thing this weekend? Hey, listen, man, I need I need these aliens to either do something or not, because I don't really I got a lot going on and I'm busy and, you know, I got plans through about June, so if we could get this figured out, I think yeah, I think the world ends in June, so it's oh we well, good. At least our it, plans right there. It ended for him at thirty three, and it's over for me too. We made it as far as we could. It was a good run. Reset the program. Let's see if he figures it out this time. You know how deep do you have to get? Well, so he's sitting on the couch, and I gave him. I did kind of say what I did, which I gave him the cleaner, and he said, "Is this it?" And I said, "No." And then I gave him the ring, and was like. This is it. 
And then he was like, oh, look at it. And then he loves it. And he keeps showing it to people like this. I don't know what else to say about it. <laughs> As to quote my fiance, feels a little heteronormative to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> That's... I love everything. I have nothing to add. That's uh, yeah, it's perfection, <laughs> honestly. I'm riding through it over here, baby. Um, okay. Uh, hi, Peter and Effie. My question is, recently I've gone back and listened to some albums that I didn't quite appreciate when I listened to them when, when they first came out. What are some that didn't hit for you the first time, but you've gone back and listened to that you really appreciate? And congratulations on the engagement. Hey! <laughs> Thank you. Moon in Antarctica? Yeah. I didn't yeah, like it the first yeah, yeah. time. Yeah. You know, uh, my grandma bought me a copy of uh, Good Good News for People Who Love Bad News. So I kind of understood what was going on there. And then <laughs> my parents heard of that, uh, the whatever the single was from that record. Yeah. They were like, this modest mouse guy is okay. This is fine. And then you got to Bukowski and they said, oh, no, put the boy in church. What are you going to do? But yeah, I think that one took me a second. Why did you bring Bukowski up? They got a song called Bukowski on that album that's real dark shit. Um, but it's also positive shit in the end. Really being, how you look at it. Being a depressed little teenager, I discovered Bukowski, which I don't know how that was fucking appropriate for me to be reading, <laughs> but it was just like accepted. And so the having never had a drink in my entire life, I was I read every Bukowski book I could get a hold of. It was not good for me. Who I would not- want to be such an asshole? Like, That's the, the refraining chorus. I would say that if you like your album up front, or if you like Bukowski the first time you read him, uh, probably it's probably not going to stay in your mind forever. you got to be angry at art first to then go back and appreciate it, because the art that sticks with you forces you to change a little bit. But now, whenever I hear Wild Pack of Family Dogs, or whenever I hear about those paper-thin fucking walls... Yeah. Now I get, you know, hearing that song at 15 doesn't make as much sense as hearing that song at 32 when these walls are paper thin and everyone hears every fucking sound. Stop. Stop making so much goddamn noise. These walls are so goddamn thin. And so, you know, I I think that the the art that we're going to go back to the most should challenge us at first. And those are uh, most of my favorite albums are that way, I would say. Yeah. You know, I used to yell about that killer's day and age album just was so made me so mad oh we, we there was an open chair we sat down in the open chair you dumb motherfucker but now knowing about uh his journey through the mormon space jesus system honestly it's there's something that is so simple and pure about brandon flowers that really comes through in that record and I actually was humming earlier, are we human or are we dancer, while you were in the bathroom. And I was so mad at those songs when they came out. But now, yeah. let me just tell you, the spaceman's coming down, and I'm ready to talk to him. Let's talk to the spaceman. That's another one I was mad at it at first. I've yelled at people over that album. And all apologies to Billy Dixon. Art pop is perfect. I was wrong. You know what I mean? I got to admit these things. I said, Billy, sit down. That album did not need to be 20 goddamn songs. It was about eight good songs and some skips. And now I don't believe that in my heart. And I'm sorry I said that. I'm a person who has very strong opinions at the time that can be easily morphed. All right? There's nothing wrong with being a hypocrite about certain things if you're willing to admit your growth. Um, I hated Lateralis by Tool when I first heard it. Yeah? 
I only like Tool in one setting. Did we discuss this? Live. Live. Yeah. It's it's the same with pro wrestling, truly. And I say this as someone who watches pro wrestling all the time. Tool is a live experience, much like pro wrestling is a live experience. There's a secret magic there. I'm never going to pick up a Tool album and be like, I'm going to listen to this album. You can do that? Yeah. All right. I feel like it's got to be a very particular mood. Do you ever find yourself sliding in and out of artistical moods where you're like you just can't touch music for a long time yes i i will have to i think i'm actually about to shift into one of those Ooh, because the music has been there's also i say that and i just got a notification from spotify that the new um i'm gonna fuck her name up caroline polachek yeah that's i think you were right on the yeah you know who i'm talking about i know your chairlift yes former chairlift yes chairlift ruled chairlift chairlift sucks in comparison really she's doing all right she's on this weird like fairy magic kick where you can tell that there's some something odd going on. All right, well, you can't judge her pre-fairies, you know? I'm not judging her. I'm judging the dude that she was in the band with who was definitely holding her back. It was not a fairy. It was a... She needed a a more enlightened energy to bring that out of her, is what you're saying? Yes. I'm going to have to get into it. Yes. I'm I'm about it. But I've been listening to a lot of sad girl music. Well, sad girl spring is upon us, (laughs) and it leads right into sad girl summer, and then uh, fuck this fall. But I'm like, I'm so I'm a little if if of the many people that I have regular conversation with, if I have just not responded to you, it's because I'm a little overwhelmed at the moment. With Be life. overwhelmed. Um, and yeah, saying that made me feel overwhelmed, and I forgot the point of why. No, we're overwhelming. Uh, you said you, okay. You're tripping me out because the design on your hoodie. And my tiredness makes me think that you're a Maasai warrior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I know. Yeah, exactly. Where's my spear? I can't run as far as a Maasai warrior, though. And I think a Maasai warrior would outlast me on a game show like Survivor. But I think, you know, maybe an Americanized trivia game like Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Maybe I stand a chance to defeat a Maasai warrior in something like that. But only because we're probably speaking different languages. I think I have an advantage there. They can go a very long distance, right? And don't they drink the blood of the cow and let it regenerate to give them strength? Yes. That's very cool to me personally. Um, we did, well, my older friends did like a coming of age ceremony. I, I will not confirm or deny that they killed a lion because this was at There's the point no where they still would have been doing that tradition because they outlawed it a few years ago. Yeah, now too many white people jumped in trying to do it, and they were like, hey, hold on, there's not enough lions yeah. for all this. Y'all are not doing but the they ceremony. they back the blood-milk mixture, and everyone drink it. Fuck yeah. Yeah, it's d- delicious. Okay, now let's, okay. Delicious. This is- I loved it. You know, you have to invite a vampire in, Peter. <laughs> I uh, I think we should be drinking more blood in all of our diets, you know? But that's... I also like... I think you should have a vegetarian meal every now and then. I think a vegan quinoa bowl is delicious. I also think you should drink a little blood. And not enough people drink enough blood. I think there's a lot of nutrients in there. It's, and we're wasting a lot of blood. The the weird only eat meat, broy, alpha male, Jordan Peterson, Joe Rogan nonsense that has come up in the past few years. Yeah. Um the the reason why any of that would remotely work is because the closer you get to like an ancestral diet of like what we used to be eating, um as in like <laughs> vegetables and animals yeah it's better for you yeah just but complete foods maybe you don't 
maybe don't uh do all meat. Or... I remember seeing this Vice documentary or something about a guy who only ate raw goat meat, and he just had a fridge full of raw goat meat. Wasn't there a guy that was lying about it recently? Oh, was he lying? And I mean, I believe just, like, he's lying. Jacking himself up with steroids. Oh yeah, that's the Liver King. The Everybody liver was talking about the thing about the Liver King that people didn't realize is, and I'm not someone who height shames at all. You know, my dad is five four and a half. Okay. I, I think you can be a very powerful and well-adjusted. She's not tall enough for that, but my grandpa and my like great-grandpa, my great-grandpa was 6'5". Big old homer. That was a big motherfucker. Um, so I think it kind of passed down through that side of the family. And my dad did say, married your mom to get some big old boys, and I sure did. So he got his wish. You know, I look exactly like my dad, but just kind of that stretched is out. an insane thing to say. It's a, I've heard it many times. I told her I wanted to get some big old boys, and I got them. Got them, got them right here in front of me. Look at you. He, or he'll tell me, he'll go, you don't need to lose any more weight. You're looking too small. Put a little meat on you. I love that. I love hitting 210 pounds and being told I look small. You know, it's genuine beauty. Um, but the liver king, the point I was making is, you know, we found out you can actually fit him in a an adjustable shopping bag. You can just he'll sit in the baby cart. Yeah, he looks a lot bigger on camera. You know, TikTok stretches you out a little bit with those long form videos. Uh-huh. Um, he was yeah spending ten thousand dollars a month on steroids to look gigantic and not just eating liver to make him big and strong. And he's also, we we found out he he was helping make those fudge stripe cookies in the tree. Uh, oh, yeah, the Keeblers. He goes all the way back. He's actually the liver Keebler king. The liver Keebler. So king. very sad to hear. Uh, he's a tragedy. Dead, now. dead to dead to me on okay. social media because yeah. the mute function has not been taken away by Elon Musk yet. <laughs> You should, if I ever showed anybody my list of muted words, they would laugh so hard because there are many that are just like, you go, why would you need to mute that? One of my favorite wrestlers who's a TV star now said to me, yeah, I like uh, Twitter a lot better after I muted the word wrestling. And I said, what? And he said, it'll blow your mind. Just try it. Well, (laughs) (laughs) that's... I don't need to hear it. I'm a sports entertainer, motherfucker. Oh, my God. Uh, okay, you have to ask this question. To me. Oh, good. I like this. <clears throat> this is from Kylie. Shout out, Kylie. Hey, Peter. Fun question for you. What is your history with video games? If anything, I was just curious if you played anything as a kid or as you got older. Anyway, love the podcast. Shout out. Shout out, Kylie. Thank you. Good question. Yeah, Peter, what's up with you and video games? Um, so obviously lived in Kenya, so a little less access. Limited selection. But I did. So we had PC computer. Um, that was her name. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I just really couldn't second. Oh God. <laughs> Yes, yes, that was her name. Okay. So PC computer, um, and uh, just so my dad once bought Doom, played two seconds of it. What? And he gave me a lecture while ripping the packaging apart and snapping the CD in half. Like, this was a common thing. This happened once with um, cereal that had Power Ranger toys in it. Yeah, that's demonic as fuck, Yeah. Yeah, so there's Where a lot of like, power? things being ripped up in front of me and being let, and Doom was one of them. 
Holy it might have been. It was either Doom or Duke Nukem. I'm not sure which one. Either was, one seems yeah. like it could be not um, fondly looked at by. But my dad loved parents. Age of Empires. Okay, all right, let's go. And I would no- annoy the fuck out of them by um, someone gave me because like there wasn't really internet at that time, so you would just like like passed physically passed stuff around. So I got the cheat codes from a friend, and I would just play it with the cheat codes to annoy my dad. So that was like the first video game that I probably ever played. You tried to introduce your dad to magic at an early age. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you can hack said, the shit out of this dude. Like the second like I figure this out in real life, I'm I'm not playing. He's like, you have to grind for everything you want. You have to work for it. I don't think you do anymore. I think we no. found out that it, sometimes when you work for it, you don't even get it. And so learning cheat codes early. We are the first cheat code generation of, of yeah. You know, yeah. Video games have been around, but those cheat cheat codes were prolific. It's. I wish that instead of hacking, like biohacking or hacking, what that was like the term. I wish it was just cheat codes because that's how I feel about a lot of things yeah. that I'm into. Is these are the cheat codes. For you life. think I wouldn't have Goldeneye Big Head mode on at all time? Yeah, exactly. Come on, dude. Of uh, course I am. Uh, but then I played like puzzle games like Mist. Do you ever play Mist? I never got in. I know what you're talking about. Where you're on the island. You're on the it's island. It's really complicated and you have to like play a piano. Did you ever play any like of the educational games? Like Yes. Or, um, or like I played... Putt-Putt Goes to Space? Yes, bitch. Oh my God. <laughs> Humongous Entertainment? Yes. Let's go. Um, Pajama Sam. Okay. Played all the Pajama yep. Sams. Yep. Played Spy Fox. Oh yeah. Spy Fox was crazy. Um, Freddy Fish. Freddy Fish. Uh, not as fun for me as Putt-Putt. I don't like no. fish, it turns out. Yeah. I don't trust aquatic creatures at this stage of my life, and I think you're going to tell me I was right in a few years. Pajama Sam, Are You Afraid of the Dark was... A little adult. But, but probably the game I played the most. I love that. Uh, there was a... Math Blaster? I feel like I played Math Blaster. I feel like... I feel like uh, my earliest PC PC game though was Solitaire on yeah. the on the on the DOS. Yeah, you know. Yeah, on whatever that means. I used to I used to do. Did you ever mess around in paint? Uh, mess around in paint? Like, did I was I an artist? Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, I was. Like, Peter, you figure out all the fun stuff you can do with like. I was taking it was when when Lord of the Rings came out. Yeah, I was taking the posters and stretching them out and like multiplying that it was like you were creating the army of helms deep yeah essentially yes what if we could clone them Uh uh-huh oh my god i'm kind of into that and then i had friends that had consoles i didn't get my first console till i moved to the states it's like the wonderful thing of being a missionary kid is you're like everyone is your big brother so you get ultimate hand-me-downs from like literally everyone so i got an n64 when someone else got a playstation 2 that's but see you know what and that's how I saw. That's how I found actual porn for the first time. Is because I was looking up Legend of Zelda walkthroughs, and I accidentally went to a German porn. Accidentally went to a German porn site. Yeah, we've all been there. Um, it's I don't know German. How was I supposed to know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> did you have a Game Shark? No. Oh, I had a Game Shark. No, dude. no Game Shark. I was turning on the codes. I was because I we would go to a lot of like garage sales and stuff like that. And so when the uh, Pokemon embargo was finally let up at my house, um, 
which was around the time that my mom was like, yeah, you can watch Silence of the Lambs because you're probably just going to see it anyway, whatever. <laughs> just worship She's the Dark kinda, Lord, Peter. She, she kind of gave up at a certain point, which was really funny. I mean, Sisyphus isn't going to keep pushing that fucking ball up the hill. <laughs> no. You know, at a certain point, you just the ball sits at the bottom of the hill. I'm leaving the ball. I'm tired of the ball. But I did get an original Game Boy with Pokemon Yellow and the guide to Pokemon Yellow. Whoa, the actual book that yeah, like tells you like book. Yeah. Holy shit. So I had I had the I had this cuz fucking Capricorn, I have to strategize and I I get make that. Make sure I'm making the right choice. Any game that gives me uh it says like I have to do something to unlock something else, I'm over it. I need cheats immediately. I'm not trying to earn anything here. If I can't play through straight like spongebob battle for bikini bottom didn't yeah. give me any trouble loved it all right but if it was giving me trouble i'll put that fucking game down i got too much going on in my life i'm not continuing on this path i did not ask to be put into a troubled situation i have enough of those in my world let me just suck up cars and drive them around kirby boy i love it good for us video game people do did we you do one oh do go ahead I'm i was sorry. gonna say did you uh were there any new gen console games that were fascinating to you like Kurt, like where we're at right now. Yeah, or a few years back. I don't know. Um, the thing that always gets me to buy a new console is any Elder Scrolls game. Let's go. They've had the same one for a while, though, they haven't have. they? Yeah. Uh, I played probably a gazillion hours of Morrowind when it came out. On what system did you play? Uh, this? X, original Xbox. Xbox. Yeah. Okay, that's sick. Yeah. Uh, I've fucked like I. It's weird. I like hold myself. I hold myself away from nerd culture. Just yeah. like it's over there. I can gauge with it every time that I want to. But when I do engage with it, it's like, oh shit, Peter's doing heroin again. <laughs> Where have you been? Morrowind. Oh. I can see it. it's a very Capricorn game of you though. Uh, yeah. That and the whole, like it's, it's, I can't <laughs> keep my attention on it. Sometimes though, I just want to play, you know, it's see, I loved those games when it was just under your working a second job. When I got to like Red Dead Redemption 2, I was like, I have to do what with these fences? No, thank you. You have to build me a new barn by hand. And that, the, the Death Stranding, uh, Metal Gear is my game. Like, that is my favorite oh, game yeah. series in the entire world. Like, I have, I, it, it is just go back and play um, Metal Gear Solid 2. Play like listen to everything, watch everything, just sit there and take it in, and you'll go, Holy shit, how did this man figure out where we were going to be right now back then? Because he fucking nailed it. And so I was all about death stranding until I found out that I'm a fucking Amazon delivery guy that can't stand up straight. But you do have a magic suit and you get to carry that baby. You carry that baby. You're gonna carry that baby. Guillermo del Toro is your friend. I just like that everybody's like, if Guillermo loves it, it must be great. And if I'm Guillermo del Toro, I'm just like smoking a blunt going like, look at the world of imagination. This I is beautiful. I don't believe he's ever played it. I think he's just in the game. I don't think he has enough time to play that shit. Do you think he's got a hand to the side when they're like, yeah, yeah, I'll suggest anything you want. Yeah. Wow, the magic world that's created here in this beautiful Death Stranding. You won't believe it. That's that's a really good impression. I love Guillermo del Toro with all my heart, but I hope that he's a bit of a carny too. Yeah, you know. Yeah, come on, pill. You made you made mimic. You got you got space to get a little bit of a, a little bit of that free side money, honey. So we have one more question. Do we want to 
it's the demon chaos magic question. Do we no. want to do that this week? Yeah, let's go. Okay. Uh, not really a question, but I would love to hear the two of you talk more about your knowledge and experience with demons and also maybe chaos magic. Not sure if either of you have dabbled in it, but there's been some comments here and there that make me think that you have. <laughs> how, how deep are you going here, Peter? Let me say this. I'm a beautiful, you wonderful how vessel. how deep we go. Well, here's the thing. Because I don't want to mess with any of your... Here's what I'll say right now. Uh, Peter's been a wonderful guide through some questions I may have had in my life. But uh, I've learned that if I let it out full force with my limited knowledge and understanding and i didn't even know you could get an airbag with this thing you know like god dude <laughs> nobody told me you can get an airbag with this thing i just want to say that five years to the date after pledging my mortal flesh to a demon i was also performing about that same demon uh on the world wide web so what I'm saying is there's some deep, powerful shit out there. Peter probably has a better understanding of all of it, but I know this. Uh, I can quell it somewhat with my own human power, and it grows every day, but I choose not to quell it at many times, and I, uh, I'm i not always fully present in those moments, and that's fine with me. Do what you got to do. Yeah. That might be as deep as I can get into it today. No, that's great. I love that. Um, just for... Anyone that hears the word demon and freaks out just a tiny little bit and you start having images of creatures coming out of a hell realm or whatever it is, the general, the, okay, the real secret to all of anything spiritual, magical, psychedelic, all of that world together is it's all in your head. You just have no idea how big your head is. I got a really big head. My mom said my head was the only thing that didn't grow from birth. And that it's sort of just been a struggle of getting me big enough to hold this thing up. <laughs> so think about that the next time you see me standing up straight and go, how proportional is he? You know what AJ told me last week? I'm not skimping off this topic. I'm going to jump back in. He said, um, your ears have finally grown into your head. And I said, what? And he goes, when we met, your ears were too small for your head. Thank God they've started growing a bit more. And oh I said, God. why didn't you ever say anything about this? And he goes, well, I was hoping you'd grow into it. Uh, he loved me even though my ears were too small for my head. My ears are big enough now. Now my grandpa, big old ears, big nose. I can't wait. I'm so excited to just have the biggest ears and nose. Y'all think I'm playing right now? I'm pumped. Like I have to be careful because sometimes they're like, what attracts you about someone? And it's number one, their attitude. And then number two, they have big lips and a big nose. I love it. If you're, it's, you know, I'm just not going to, I'll never turn away from that. You got big nose, you got big lips. I'm here. All right. Hilarious. It's how I am. Um, I want to say originally when I pledged myself to a demon, um, I mostly did it so that I wouldn't have to go to church anymore. Cause I was like, nobody's listening to me when I say I don't want to go. Maybe if I just point at this demonic sigil and say like, no, my blood will pour out of my, out of my orifices. If I enter this place, I won't have to go. Turns out you still got to go to churches sometimes because people are getting married and shit. So it didn't even work to do that, but it did some other things in my life, you know? Yeah. It's been a long journey. I can't believe it's 2023. That's pretty crazy that we've made it this far. And it's also pretty crazy that it's been 10 years since I jumped in a pro wrestling ring. What a magical thing. I'm celebrating my, my 10th year off of alcohol this year. Damn. And, you know, you always get the question of like, are you, do you crave it still or do you want it still? And... The answer is still no, just not for me. Yeah. A lot of other stuff is for me. Pretty crazy. 
California sober, but yeah, this sober is not light. for me. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I know it works for me, all right? I've yeah. done the discovery. I've done the work. I've put my hands in the dirt. I've felt the earth, and I know where I float. So uh, let's see what dimensional trouble we can get into. I will say this. If the aliens fuck up this big gay brunch, I'm going to be so goddamn pissed, and I'm going to just freak the fuck out, and I'm going to beat an alien's ass because I've worked too hard. I've undertaken too much stress to make this event sickening, West Coast, flavor of the week fun, okay? And if the aliens show up, that's your main event of Big Gay Brunch. I'm beating the fuck out of an alien. Um, yeah. If an alien shows up, it's a guy in a suit. It's not a little green man. I'm beating his ass, dude. I'm beating the shit out of this dude. Okay, and I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Welcome to Earth, motherfucker. Yeah, you're cooked, dude. I know what y'all do. I know what y'all are here for. You're not getting it. Okay. Um, can I explain? Just demonology in general, Please. so it's like less freaky for everyone. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I want, I. Well, first off, I don't recommend doing a deal with a demon. You have to have a certain <laughs> level of um, self confidence that needs to be present in order to deal with another entity coming in like that. Yeah, like an immortal corruptor, like Guar said. <laughs> um, okay, so are you familiar with the idea of? the not saying God's name, not saying Yahweh as in it being like, you don't say God, you don't, it's like G blank D. Are you familiar Grr. with this? Yeah. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I'm familiar with this as a concept. Um, so the, the unspeakable name of God, like the explicit name is either four words or it's, I believe 28 or 42 or 72. Sounds like he's got to make up his fucking mind. Yeah, yeah, And so the idea is that um, we, everyone on the planet here is a manifestation of a higher form of consciousness to where we are both Taylor and Peter, but we're also the Godhead at the exact same time. And the why it is that we're here is because we've experienced as God, we've experienced every replace God with whatever fucking word you want to put in there. The universe, reality, energy, whatever it is that like works for you. It's completely interchangeable. Um, but the whole point of being here is to experience everything. And that's the game that we're playing. And once we've experienced everything, we go back up to the top. And that's why when people take psychedelics or they meditate or they do any kind of spiritual practice, they have this unbelievable connection to every other being on the planet where they realize, oh, you're the same as me. We're all the same essential thing. So the idea is that God is so fucking big that you have to break it down into smaller parts in order to understand the whole thing. And the way, one of the ways that they do that is they break it down into 72 names. And what those names are are angels, but they're also demons that correspond to the other 72. So you have a split of reality happening multiple different times. And one of the ways that that splits up is demonic energies, which <coughs> you can look at as, um, I guess, just like base earthly manifestation. It is like how things work in the world. It is what rules those things. Whereas all the angels are things that are like the higher ideal self. And so when you marry those two together, you have this working relationship that can get shit done. 
and it's difficult working with demons, which is why people do angel binding. It seems to just magically work for other people, including people that I know that I'm talking to at this very moment. Um, for now. But if you're interested in doing any sort of operation with an energy out there, I would highly recommend working with angels. They are very easy. They do not ask for anything back other than you quit a few of your dirty habits as you progress along. And honestly, you can keep some of those is what it appears to be. Whereas the demons have more of an agenda, which is why they work a little bit stronger than angels do. I have become unquenchable. <laughs> 